Welcome back to the Joe Pack Show. Really glad to have former acting Attorney General of the great United States of America. It is Matt Whitaker. Matt, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great. Pleasure to be with you again, Joe. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Your knowledge is, is so, so great. I learn something every single time. I want to start with something very basic that I think that we can probably relate to the national happenings right now. I've got a lead foot, Matt. I've got sports cars, and I can't drive slowly. So because of that, I get pulled over a lot. Well, I, I used to when I was younger, not, not as much lately. But sometimes I'll get a ticket, and sometimes I won't get a ticket. That officer clearly has discretion over whether he or she wants to write me a ticket. I get that. That's a little bit of leeway, a little bit of discretion. Maybe I treated them right. Maybe I was a smartass. They get to decide. When it gets to the level of prosecutor, I didn't think that you had that much leeway. Maybe you have leeway on exactly what the charge is going to be, but I didn't know that you could just ignore crimes and act like they're not happening, which is sort of what I see happening in L.A., Chicago, New York, uh, St. Louis, and other places as well. Is that a good uh, Is that a good comparison or not really? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're talking about prosecutorial discretion, and, you know, I think ultimately there is some ability for prosecutors, Joe, to make decisions, but they shouldn't be on an individual basis. They should be, you know, uh, what what is the highest and best use of the resources. Right now, in some of our major cities, we have prosecutors who are using their prosecutorial discretion not to improve the lives of their communities, but to, uh, I guess, uh, undo uh, historically uh, uh, bad outcomes in the justice system. Yeah, it's a right. ridiculous uh theory and philosophy, but, you know, I mean, this is the world we live in, and uh, except when it's used to target conservatives, and then obviously they'll throw the book at them, uh, figuratively speaking. Right, and, and I'm glad you said it like that. You're right. This is sort of a revenge mentality. We were so wronged for so long. Certain communities were, were not getting a fair shake. Let's forget the Civil War where 600,000 Americans died. Let's forget about the equal rights movement that happened in the 1960s. Let's forget about the equal rights, you know, um, uh, addition to our laws, saying that you can't discriminate against people and that everybody get, uh, gets equal opportunity. We're literally hearing the outgoing mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, say, don't use the word mayhem. It wasn't really mayhem. We got the incoming guy, this Brandon Johnson guy, who says because of structural racism and because these young people have no opportunities, we should not really treat them badly because of what they did. Matt, I don't know if you saw these videos over the weekend. They're just beating the hell out of people because of the wrong race or they're breaking windows of cars or they're lighting things on fire. And we're supposed to, to, to turn a blind eye and say structural racism allows for this. I'm not following no, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I feel bad uh, right now. I think the trajectory of Chicago, uh, you know, during Lori Lightfoot and now with the new mayor, I think is heading in the wrong direction. They're not going to love these people um, uh, and make their communities safer. They're going to have to show some tough love and some consequences for criminal behavior. And, and they uh, appear to be unwilling to. And the scary thing is really they're putting the police officers in harm's way who are trying to protect property and 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 their fellow citizens, but right. at the same time, with no consequences for these violent looters, uh, I think ultimately, you know, Chicago's in for uh, several long years before uh, they can course correct on on a really a, a terrible philosophy. When you see something egregious like this, as former acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, when you see something egregious like this happening in these large cities, and even smaller cities are starting to see this as well, as the Attorney General, as the boss of the DOJ, can you do anything? Do you call them and say, hey, how can we help? 
I mean, what, what action, if any, can the central government take when St. Louis is on fire? Yeah. Well, Joe, when the system works well, and I've talked to a lot of my colleagues recently about this um, on the, you know, the former Republican appointees, U.S. attorneys, DOJ officials. I was with everybody a couple of weeks ago at a, you know, a reunion type of event. And, you know, really when it works, you're working hand in, in glove with the locals. You're, you're helping them with their worst uh, criminals. You're, you're taking, adopting cases that would otherwise be held at the local level, whether that's gun cases or, or gang bangers or drug distributors, the people that are causing the most harm and the most chaos, you take them federally, you give them significant penalties under the federal sentencing guidelines. But that's obviously not what Merrick Garland and Joe Biden and, and the left is doing. They're not bringing federal resources to bear to these major cities that are undergoing a lot of this violent crime. In fact, uh, they appear to be very standoffish and unwilling right. uh, to get their hand the types of work that makes communities safer, like taking uh, the terrible career criminals off the streets. Yeah, you had a guy yesterday in New York in in, uh, in the Bronx, I think, who took a bottle and beat a, a, a police officer, a woman, over the head with it, shattered the bottle. Turns out he's got eight previous convictions or I'm sorry, 11 previous convictions, they keep on letting him out. Uh, that's not Alvin Bragg's district, but it might as well be because you've got the same sort of mentality there where 52% of the felonies in Manhattan alone have been knocked down to, to misdemeanors by Alvin Bragg. At the same time, he's prosecuting a former president on a case that he has no jurisdiction over. Matt, how do we fix it? We know what the problem is. We're seeing people um, yell and scream about how horrible the police are. We're seeing the prosecutorial discretion being completely abused. How do you start fixing it? Can you? Well, I mean, obviously, the way you fix it under our system is you win elections. And some of these deep blue places, uh, those elections are fixed. Uh, and uh, But at the same time, I think it's, you know, it's, it's winning hearts and minds. It's convincing folks that they're not better off under, you know, when they elect people like Alvin Bragg to be their prosecutor. In fact, the, their communities are more dangerous and they're more likely to become victims of crimes. Um you know, but I, I think there's a tone coming out of Washington, D.C. right now uh, that is very harmful, um, you know, to our communities. And that's straight from the Biden administration. And that is, is that they're continuing to blame the police. Uh, they have a suspicious attitude towards all of law enforcement. And they want to, you know, uh, figuratively handcuff uh, the uh, sheriff's deputies and police officers that are out there trying to make their community safe. And so, I, if I, you know, if I'm a police officer right now in modern America, I'm looking over my shoulder, and I don't know if the political elites and uh, have my back. And so, I think that's causing them to uh, not lean into their jobs like we would hope they would. And I think that's dangerous for our communities. But you know, it's not going to be an easy fix. Obviously, the Donald Trump case is a complete miscarriage of justice and yeah. i expect that you know once some serious people like judges and courts of appeal get involved that it will go away go to whitaker.tv it's matt whitaker former acting attorney general great united states of america let me ask you about that case um alvin bragg and the doj are i think lying you can straighten me out if i'm wrong that they were not in collusion is there any way in your opinion that a, a district attorney in Manhattan, New York, charges a former president with 34 crimes without at least giving the nod to Joe Biden, that administration, and to Merrick Garland? Yeah, Joe. Um, I think in this case, you know, we're really um, in trouble 
from uh, finding the evidence of of this, but I think we need to encourage people like Jim Jordan to continue to do what he's doing. Yes. I think he has legitimate congressional oversight interests, uh, whether it's the use of federal resources, whether it's the uh, use of federal laws in this case, and and obviously Congress, who writes the laws, should know how those laws are being used, even right. if they're being used uh, speciously by somebody like Alvin Bragg. I think there is legitimate oversight uh, that the House can do, and I think they shouldn't be afraid to hold people in contempt if they're unwilling to come and testify in front of them. I might have broken up a little bit on the question. Do you think that Alvin Bragg would have brought these charges without first notifying the Department of Justice? I don't think that he would have. They're all saying that they didn't talk to each other. I don't believe them. Yeah, well, I mean, every time, you know, the White House speaks affirmatively, they're not telling the truth. It's, you know, we saw true. that in the Mar-a-Lago case. They yeah. had a lot more involvement uh, than they let on. And so I wouldn't doubt that they had a lot more information on this case than they've told us they had. It's uh, Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general of the United States of America. Let's talk about this guy, Philip S. Formas. Uh, I wasn't that familiar with the case. He was, uh, uh, I guess, arrested and charged with some sort of health care fraud. But it turns out he wasn't convicted on health care fraud. But, Matt, if you look at every news story about this guy, they all start with the fact that he was somehow convicted of health care fraud. It turns out he was convicted of $170,000 in money laundering and kickbacks, served some time in prison. He was uh, commuted by Trump. And I, I guess they're trying to try him again. What's the story here? Yeah, it's it's a crazy case. Simply put, I mean, describe it fairly well. I would just put a couple, uh, you know, finer points on it. One is the judge, even though uh, you know the alleged uh, violation was for a, a much more significant amount of money and it, uh, over one hundred seventy thousand dollars that he was convicted. To your point, the judge sentenced him for over. I think a half a billion dollars. It's wow. a, it's, it was a big number. So he got a significantly long penalty. Um, and and what that caused is was, you know, kind of an unfair, you know, he was he was sentenced for conduct he was not he was not convicted of. And so President Trump looked at this case like he did many cases and determined that this his sentence was too long and should be commuted consistent with his powers under the Constitution. Uh, he, he got out of uh, prison after serving several years, uh, you know, for the crimes he was convicted of. And now the Department of Justice wants to to go after him for that conduct that he wasn't convicted of, that the jury couldn't agree on. And so I think it's just an outrageous abuse of uh, prosecutorial discretion, which we were talking about earlier. And I think this case, you know, certainly shouldn't be uh, retried uh, because he's already served plenty of time in jail for the crimes he was convicted of, and it would just be a complete waste of Department of Justice resources. It just sounds like a no-brainer. This would be double jeopardy to try him again. And if, in fact, we can prove, or it can be proven, that he was sentenced for the larger crime that he was not convicted of, then what case do they have at all? What are they saying that that was missed in the first case, that they even have the right to bring charges again? Yeah, well, the first case, uh, the health care fraud case that was... Um, that he wasn't convicted on the jury it was a hung jury. So oh. uh, technically it's not a double jeopardy situation, but um, you know, this uh, judge sentenced him as if he had been convicted. And so uh, that's, I think where the real fundamental unfairness comes in it is, you know, he was sentenced way beyond what he should have been for the conduct he was convicted of. And now the department of justice wants to come back and do it all over again and ignore the fact that the president, president Trump looked at it and determined what was fair in this case and under these circumstances. 
It is uh, Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general. Uh, Matt, I'm wondering, uh, is, is the Department of uh, the Department of Justice does not include the DHS, right? But they're both in the executive branch. Correct. Yes. Okay. Correct. But, but, they're both uh, cabinet, run by cabinet secretaries. Okay. Correct. So I wondered, was there any sort of working together with any sort of a, a team effort when it came to making sure that the, the border laws that we have in place, the immigration laws that we have in place, are followed. Would you at any point deal with like a Tom Homan or somebody who was in charge of the border at the time? Would you deal with them and say, hey, these are the laws. Make sure that you, that you are putting those in place and enforcing them. Or is it completely separate? Well, Joe, I mean, I, I, you know, we don't have enough time to talk about uh, how much I was involved in border issues in okay. the Trump administration uh, at the Department of Justice. You know, we ran the immigration courts, so the attorney general is actually the Supreme Court of the immigration courts. Okay. So all of the claims for asylum uh, run through the courts that are run by the Department of Justice. And all of the cases, uh, the illegal reentry cases, all of the immigration crimes are prosecuted by the Department of Justice. So we work very closely with our partners at DHS. Chad Wolf, uh, who is the acting secretary, is a very close friend of mine uh, and knew him very well, uh, worked with all of those folks uh, on a daily basis trying to solve a lot of these border challenges. Well, obviously the reason why I bring it up, because I knew that there was some sort of a, a, a collusion on purpose uh, between the departments, is because what you guys did under Trump worked historically great, better than we've seen in 60 yeah. years. And now as soon as Biden got into office, signed some yeah, executive no, we, orders, and they, they threw everything out that you guys were doing, and the border is porous and open. So those two should be working together today to seal up our border. No doubt. And we worked with DHS uh, to make sure under current law, even though it can certainly be improved and a lot of things could be fixed and make it easier to do border enforcement. We worked very closely uh, with DHS to use all of their uh, authorities under federal law to enforce the laws and to, uh, you know, essentially restrict uh, illegal uh, crossings. And that's what we did. And we had it down to a very manageable amount. And now when we get this, the DHS secretary in front of Congress, he just lies and says that it was broken by the Trump administration. It was broken by, by Matt Whitaker and by, and by Chad Wolf and, and so on. Of course it wasn't. All they had to do was leave those policies in place. We wouldn't right. be seeing what we're seeing today. So what should happen? I know the president's not going to do anything about it. I don't even think he's in charge. But what should happen to force these people's hands? Should we start impeaching people? Should Mayorkas be out of a job? Would they replace him with another Mayorkas? What should happen? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, this is the, you know, one of the main places where elections have consequences. Uh, but, you know, what should happen is Congress should ass assert uh, their oversight and their ability to hold people accountable. And if, you know, if that's if uh, bringing Mayorkas in, uh, in front of an, an impeachment hearing and uh, hearing all the evidence as to how he has not told the truth uh, and has lied to Congress and has not executed his duties uh, to you know, protect our border. I think that's, you know, those are important functions of Congress. But, you know, really until we get a new administration that's serious about, um, you know, keeping illegal entries into this country um, down and to make sure that all of the laws uh, and all of the tools are used. You know, we, we, we had remain in Mexico, which was a very important tool. Uh, we had the state, you know, the country of Mexico helping uh, administer the shared border with them. And it was working. And at the same time, 
you know, we knew that we had to make the courts work efficiently. You know, we worked it down from over two years to 18 months to have a uh, immigration court hearing and, uh, you know, uh, to for these asylum cases. This is now up to six years, Joe. These people are, you know, never going to get to court and they're allowed to remain in our country instead of staying in Mexico like we had them stay. And it just the whole system's broken and it was intentionally broken by more Mayorkas, Biden and uh, Merrick Garland. I mean, they, they, it, you, your point is right. I mean, it was a total conspiracy uh, to allow as many people into our country uh, with no hope of ever, you know, getting adjudicated for their mostly bogus asylum claims. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why they're doing it. I can't figure it out in my logical brain, but I thank you so much for the hard work that you did. I, I hope that you're the attorney general again, should, should Trump win. And I certainly love having you on the program. It's Matt Whitaker. Go to Whitaker.tv, the former acting attorney general of the United States. Matt, thanks a million. All right. Thanks, Joe. It's good to see you again, my Hi, friend. Hi, brother. Good to see you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Really was glad to have Matt Whitaker on. You know, it's interesting, only a couple of years in, you've got uh, such lawlessness in this country after we had an administration that believed in law and order for bad people. They believed in freedom and liberty for good people, believed in America first and making America great again. And now we've got a situation where we're just like in free fall. And if you haven't seen these videos, look them up online. Chicago, L.A. over the weekend. Look them up. Go and see what's happening in the Tennessee House. They continue to let people act out and act foolishly not peacefully protesting. And they're protesting against allowing teachers to have guns to protect students in school. It's nuts to me. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Another big hour coming your way. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show.